Hello, everyone. This is Andy Claude Felter. And I'm the other one. Just, I'm Lisa. Just, just say it. Thank you. I'm, I'm Lisa. I'm Lisa Monahan. Hello, How everyone. dare you? Um, How and, dare you? Uh, and you're listening to the 90s Court. Um, welcome back, gang, for another hard-hitting episode. You might be thinking right off the bat, it's like, Man, we had su- you guys had such like world beaters the past several weeks, and it's almost like you just gave up this week. How dare you! <laughs> and the First episode all, hasn't even you. started. <laughs> and skip waiting and for thirty nine. So no, that's um, how this works. So yeah, no thanks, guys, for coming back in. Um, we're we're very excited to see everyone again. That's right, we can see every one of you. <laughs> like we just get every you. time every time you guys download like we get like a full-on camera view of your cell phone like out of there like we are the nsa we're here to watch zucker nerd style yeah, yeah. zucker yeah. nerd so um so yeah so for those of you as always who are wondering what's this show about are you still wondering that this is the thing. It's, I, I have I have listened to many podcasts and i have learned that many of them give the premise of the show at the beginning <laughs> That's fair. So, uh, That's fair. so this is not a show once again about court cases from the '90s. This is, in fact, a show where we, Lisa and Andy, take two icons from the '90s, important films or sometimes unimportant films, <laughs> music, uh, TV shows, snacks, toys, foods, video games, etc. Pop culture. Pop culture, and we put them together in court. To face off in a deadly, deadly battle. Um, and speaking of, yes. I'm sorry. Speaking of deadly, deadly battles, did you see the the court case recommendation from Patreon? The John Benet Ramsey versus O.J. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I feel like, like they oof. like that came out. That recommendation was given like immediately after the new episode came out. So I'm guessing they hopped in and started listening immediately and heard the part about us talking about court cases and were like, yes. That's a good um, one. That's. I mean, I'm yeah. down so, if you are, so but that's going to be here to talk gnarly. to you guys not about that at all because I would have nothing for you, unfortunately. <laughs> I would have. Um, I would have so much for you, like a disgusting amount Lisa. for you. Yeah, I mean, considering that Lisa, before we ever started this podcast, wanted to do a true crime podcast with somebody else, and then like, and then whenever I, I said, she's like, it. "All right, I'll take this as a silver medal." Yeah, I think this is better suited for. There are enough true crime podcasts out there. There are not enough yes. pop culture '90s pop pop podcasts. Popcasts. Anyway. There we are. So, anyways, Lisa, I believe you have an update for us about um, basically just your entire life's dreams work uh, coming oh, to fruition. Just my number one goal in life, the thing I've only dreamt about since I was a wee lad. Is that, the was thing I you talk lad, about lady? all the time the, when all you were a lad. When I was a small boy. <laughs> when I was a small uh, boy. Yeah. I fucking woke up on Tuesday. I was planning on going Wednesday to this crazy long storm chase, like in far north Oklahoma. Um, and then I woke up Tuesday morning, and there were like four tornado warnings at once, like 40 <gasps> miles away from me. And I was like, excuse me? Pardon I didn't me? know this was a thing. Pardon me while I go check out some tornado warnings. <laughs> Into the... I can't think they, of a good word for... They, I don't they know. call it the... Well, so when you're like in the tornado area, when you're way too close to it, they call that the bear's cage. So into the bear's into cage. Into the cage. So I saw my first tornado. My first like real proper one. And I was so she stupid close to it the whole time. Did it. it. Was awesome. Yeah. And I was, awesome. I was messaging her like during... Because it was like new episode day. So I'm like messaging about stuff. Like, because we had released the episode on oh, Tuesday yeah, last week. We did. And so I was yeah. trying to get a hold of her, and she's like, I'm sorry, I just saw a tornado. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, <laughs> no big deal. Your fucking life's work has just, like, fucking came to fruition in one fell swoop. So On accident. Didn't even know it. Just woke up, and I was like, okay, Jack, I'm punting the kids to you, and I'm going to be gone for the next several hours. And I, went, and I, got and my, just, I posted some videos on my Twitter, which is, she is Lisa Marie, mm-hmm. uh, and it fucking got picked up. Like so many times by so many news channels, so I felt like You're big famous. man on campus for like a day. You're such a big so. deal. People know big you. Big deal. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's my update. I can finally die. I can finally she die. She can finally die at the so ripe someone, old age of thirty-four, 34. going on thirty. Someone come kill me. I'm I'm feeling good. I'm, feeling <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so um so actually unfortunately the 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 next thing that's going to be coming up is going to be you talking again. So me talking um, again. Yeah. Well, this is great because I have this many notes. It's a big goose egg. Okay. Oop. I had two things I wanted to talk about, and I gave Andy a choice for my thing for this week, and you he gave chose me vagaries. You gave me vagaries on what to pick. You didn't. It's say... true. 
It's true. Well, I, I said, do you want to do clothing or mu music video? Because I wanted to, I found two things I really wanted to talk about. And so the second one he chose was clothing. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to present to you Joe Boxer. Oh. You remember Joe Boxer? Hell yeah. You remember Joe Boxer. I know Joe Just Boxer. The, big, the big yellow. So basically all across the internet, there are zero notes about this. It's just like they started in 85. They got popular in the 90s. They were like in Walmarts and Kmarts. And I think maybe Coles or Sears or something like that. That's basically it. That's no. all there is in terms of like, but Joe Boxer, it was like their whole thing was like they wanted to have I'm men's sorry. underwear I'm, I'm be having a little like bit of problem right funky now and cool. And okay, I'm they accomplished that with like the Joe Boxer photos on the Internet. And they're all just horribly disturbing pictures. What's so disturbing about them? Well, some of them just like just have like like dude packages, like super like um articulated like they <laughs> almost have like a spot for them to come out like they're like here's the erection point just like a lot of different oh. things like you, this isn't even like looking deep dive it's just literally type in joe boxer in her image search and just immediately just the horribly graphic things um not however, as graphic as last week when you were like sexy sonic pictures and while like Not you mentioned that, that at the end yes. of my court case. Yeah, but I went and looked it up while you started talking about Super Mario World. And I was like, oh my, that is a hedgehog penis that was fan and art. And that's how Lisa got like the it. worst kink ever. <laughs> that's true. Um, but Joe Boxer, man, like, and it wasn't, it was primarily for dudes to give you like a little more quirky fun. And, and, and like, did you ever have? Not to ask too personal of a question, but like, did you ever have Joe weird. Boxer? I mean, they're just undies? boxers. Like, I, I might have, but. If I did, it was probably like one pair at one point. I definitely didn't have this really popular one that appears to be a smiley face, like licking its lips. Yes, I don't think I. I don't I think don't, I had that. They had women's underwear too. I don't recall having like underwear, underwear, but I definitely had lots of PJs because I was like, I'm overweight. Mm -hmm. I don't know what to wear. I Check. love these pajama pants. They're Check. plaid with an elastic band that will go from hyun to hyun. Meow. And I can just snap myself into those. And I did like my Joe Boxer. I had Aww. like a yellow plaid pajama pair that I wore all the way through college. That I think my mom got me for Christmas one year. But Joe Boxer, man, a fucking like iconic 90s brand. Like everyone yeah. had that shit at some point. It's just like, God, like these pictures, like every one of, there's so many disturbing faces with their t licking their lips. And yeah, it's like primarily the positioning that, yeah. of the smiley face licking its lips, like right where your where your privates are like is so intentionally suggestive like in so many ways it's and true you know you, that's what they can, were going for they were yeah the smiley face yeah i guess i didn't really think about the placement of the tongue i yeah and why does some of them have to look evil they have thongs i don't think <laughs> I, I, do. ever had, I've I never, like the evil oh ones. my gosh yeah this is not right when i you made a mistake didn't you you just searched joe I boxer i made a terrible well, I, I did Joe Boxer shorts, and then I and then I clicked the little suggestion for thong, and there's there's a lot happening mm -hmm. in my face right now, so I'm mm -hmm. gonna go back a page. But yeah, mm -hmm. you could. Damn it, it's still here. But yeah, mm -hmm. Joe Boxer. Joe Boxer. I, there's something. There's something <laughs> else happening on a different. It keeps showing me. I don't. I don't like what this Joe is. Boxer. Joe Boxer. I'm deeply broken there's inside. The, so, yeah, but I don't know. I, I think, like, I also remember it being something that, like, the really short pajama shorts were something that, like, the cheerleaders would always wear or something. I was like, mm -hmm. your Joe Boxers look better on you than they do on me. <laughs> <laughs> but Joe Boxers, I don't know. I just, it was just a thing. But, I, I mean, you, it seems like it was always something you were given as a gift at yeah. Christmas. It's not one of those things that you're you going out of your it. way to buy a single pair of underwear by yourself, like, for funsies because... You're like, just give me some, give me some boxer briefs, give me some briefs, whatever. I I gotta just do some damage control and cover whatever's happening down here. <laughs> down and here. Get out the door. It, does it have a smiley face? Fine. Is he licking his lips? I have concerned feelings about that. I'm still late yeah. for chemistry class, so. Yeah, I'm I'm between the ages of of five and fourteen, so I don't understand any of this. Or. Or at that point, you could be 48 and still wearing Joe Boxer. In the I was 90s talking about like, you and me, I cool? but <laughs> I know, but like, but like, but what, there had to have been like adult men who were like, <gasps> oh sure, with the yellow. No, I'm sure. And, like, I'm guessing it male. was much more popular with adults and and like teenagers and and like people from like I would say like 18 to like 35 was a popular demographic. Less so us. 
Yeah, it just seems like the same kind of shit that you would maybe see in Spencer's, but they got caught in the Kmart web yeah. and ended up in Kmart. We've but decided was, we've decided yeah. this is okay. <laughs> Everything else, no. Fuck you, Spencer's. Yeah. There just wasn't that much to it, but Joe Boxer was like a, a super heavy 90s brand, and they mm-hmm. were everywhere, and how can you not be comfortable yep. with a man licking so, his lips? Looks like they finally went belly up in 01, and then they got bought out by Too some bad. other folks. Well, it's it funny is. all these so, brands that still exist that technically only exist because they got bought out by somebody else. There's so many things we've covered. What was that? Was it Delia's? I covered that one. I sure. think they got bought out by, I don't remember what it was. but no. Spencer's, of course, for yeah. some reason, against all odds, still owns themselves. Those motherfuckers, they're still going. How? How? I yep. don't know how they and Hot Topic haven't merged yeah. to become one just STD of the mall. Oh, God, yes. I mean, yeah. just what malls exist, they're still just like, they're basically at this point like one of the only reasons people go to the mall, <laughs> at least in my opinion. Um, yeah. Well, okay. So well, that, I have that a thing. This is my thing. Yeah. Okay. What you got? I have a thing. So here's the thing, <laughs> which you're like, of course, let's here's this thing. Um, so we've talked. I've talked a little bit about um, some different snacks and things like that in the past. And I might, I'm sure I would even mention these before. I, I post a lot of stuff on Twitter at various points about different things early on, especially. Um, so this one, I'm like, I know for a fact I haven't covered on the, on the show yet. Or if I did, I just barely mentioned it. Um, we covered another one, um, something that was a similar product. Um, if you guys recall all the way back on, I think, episode five, where I discussed the, the product Bubble Jug. And went absolutely fucking nuclear on Bubble Jug, the fucking yes. product that was disowned by its own company and like wouldn't even like acknowledge that it ever happened. Um, <laughs> when you look it up, um, however, I'm here to talk to you largely because of the fact that the commercials for this product were so fucking wild and great. Um, and I'd actually like to play you a quick sample of one of them right now. Okay. So there was a whole series of fucking commercials about about bubble tape that came out, um, and all of them were pretty much that, just in various forms, like, here's some adults that fucking suck, here's why they suck, and here's, and they don't like bubble tape too, so like, fucking get this shit. Like, this basically was their entire thing, like, hey, all these people that suck ass don't want this, partially because they don't want to chew six feet of just fucking just rubber sugar like that's my thing with bubble gum is like in retrospect like i don't like i chew gum a lot now obviously like sugar-free gum or whatever but like back in the day like the fact like bubble gum had its heyday in the 90s like a various like funky cool rad types of bubble gum i don't know when big league chew came out i'm guessing that was probably in the 80s but yeah or earlier i think yeah yeah big league chew still exists in spite of being horribly problematic <laughs> so problematic but they still let it go so. um so the bubble tape um was introduced in 1988 but then it even said it experienced its greatest popularity in the 90s due to unique packaging and direct marketing program to preteen children it's six feet of bubble gum for you not, for them. You, not them referring to parents adults teachers school bus drivers uh uh, Uma, who lives down the street, um, all the people that suck. <laughs> your grandmother, who loves your you dearly and just wants some sweet gum, and, and you won't let her have any. She, yeah, you're just like fuck you, grandma. This is my gum. It specifically says for me, not you. Yeah. I Get will say, like, I want to know, like, I'm almost positive that, like, uh, that bubble gum, that bubble tape, totally ripped off tricks, but that's neither here nor there. Oh, in terms of the marketing, like tagline, yeah, silly rabbit, yeah, silly rabbit tricks, tricks for kids. Is for kids. Um, yeah. So, at the peak of its popularity, over one million containers of bubble tape were being manufactured a week. Gross. That's right. <laughs> that means <laughs> three hundred sixty-five million <laughs> fucking bubble tapes a year were coming. We're just like, gotta get this shit out onto the floor. 
Um, so gross. So you can still find them uh, today. Um, it's most common to find at supermarkets, although advertising uh, has greatly um, re- been reduced. Um, basically, for those of you who are unfamiliar, which would be weird if you're listening to this show and have, are not familiar with bubble tape, but it comes in a round, small plastic container about the similar size to a hockey puck. Uh, it contains six feet or 1.8 meters for you, for those of you across the sea or up in Canada <laughs> of gum <laughs> wrapped in a spiral. The container functions much like a tape dispenser, although the top half can be removed or broken off. I don't know why they felt it inclined to like point that out. They're like, you can also just fucking break it if you want. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Wiki- Thanks, Wikipedia you article. Just, do, you, who, do you think there were monster children that never used the tape dispenser aspect, but just pulled it out and just they took just a bite out, out of the wheel? Just, just stubbed, a, stubbed the whole fucking puck in their mouth. They'd <laughs> be like, like they, they immediately, all their teeth just dissolved. Just dissolved instantly. Flavors. Yeah. So uh, most flavors are available from the regular Hubba Bubba Chewing Gum line. So basically, um, pretty much any flavor that was available this was pretty much like their normal gum um, was available in this. And they're just like, hey, let's just put it in tape form too. There wasn't a whole lot of OG, like new originals um, on this. But awesome original. Sour green apple, sour watermelon, sour, sour blue raspberry, cotton candy, strapping strawberry, um, juicy fruit. Well, that's pretty cool. Actually, I'd kind of be down with that. Juicy fruit's dope. Did they have like a like a? It just says juicy no. fruit. So I yeah, and it's got the picture, the logo of juicy fruit on there. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Gushing grape. Some of these just, I mean, like I think we've discussed gushing grape. I think was used with something else before, and it was horribly disturbing even then. Snappy yeah. strawberry, triple treat. Also titled triple mix, a mixture of strawberry, blueberry, and watermelon. Sugar-free very berry. A dentist recommended version of double. T- okay. Listen. Okay, the dentist was like, listen, <laughs> you don't have to brush your teeth anymore. You, if you can I, just move over to the sugar-free yeah, like, <laughs> bubble like, tape. Yeah, listen, I, I can get behind like some dentist being like, hey, like maybe choose some Orbits occasionally or something like that. Like, that's okay. I cannot imagine a fucking dentist saying like, I find, I find, like, they're not included in the commercial, like, dentists. That'd be great if that was one of them. Dentists love dicks and teeth and pulling teeth out they hate bubble tape or do they and they're like no they now love the super sugar-free very berry uh, that they now recommend um candy cane a seasonal flavor tangy tropical and cola party ew cola party just a party with cola no also available in king size which is nine feet of bubble tape and Mega Roll, and uh, I need bef- to, you to prepare yourself for what Mega Roll is. It's not what you're thinking. You're probably thinking, like, what, like like 20 feet or something? No. King size is 9 feet. Mega Roll is 10 feet. Uh, uh. Like, why <laughs> okay. did you even waste your time <laughs> making these two different? There were two other sizes besides 6 feet of bubble tape, but they're like, we're going to make 9 feet and 10 feet because, frankly, anything above 10 feet is out of control. They, you know what I wish they, they would have done limits. was taken like made it real thin and flat and then just rolled it up like toilet paper and then just given you like a pack of toilet paper gum. That'd be pretty that rad. Sounds, yeah, like super thin. I think instead of wiping your ass, you could just sit on the toilet and like just keep pulling gum from the roll like a trash bag, like the trash person that you are. I don't like I'm having trouble envisioning this 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 dystopian future this dystopian world that you're envisioning for me right now but it toilet is hurting gun. my head Get to into think it. the the pooping now see sitting on the toilet seems unnecessary since you're just chewing the gum and not using it to wipe your okay, ass Okay then you could just be sitting on a stool in the bathroom then and just slurping gum off the but toilet paper Why roll. do you have to be in the bathroom at all Cuz it's a toilet paper roll and you're a trash can and person you're, and that's and you're what a you're trash doing can with your person life. and you're like this is going to be so rad. Have you ever have you ever had uh, paper tape uh, paper tape gum while you're in the bathroom? They're like, no. Then you haven't had the real experience. Get on get on the shitter and start chewing. <laughs> no, my family takes our toilet paper gum to the table and uses a fork and knife. I thank you. Mm, like, very um, refined. Just cutting it, like little it on pieces the toilet. out of it. <laughs> yeah. So. Bubble tape, oh. this was a big one. I know people. a lot of people love bubble tape and everything. I never covered it. And it's one of those things where there's like certain ones where you're like, we're never going to do a court case on bubble tape. And frankly, if we did, like, it, this is how long it would have been for the court case. It would have been like, yeah. like five minutes later and they're not even talking about the product anymore. 
But can we, the one thing, Andy, that you haven't talked about that I'm surprised you haven't talked about yet was how powdery it was. Do you remember oh, how powdery? I know it makes sense because you don't want it to stick to itself. Mm-hmm. You want it to actually slide out of the tape dispenser, but that shit sure. was powdery. Sure. I mean, but like you have to understand as a, as a person who also has had bubble jug, I can't <laughs> disrespect bubble tape after experiencing the pain of bubble jug. Um, yeah. For those of you who are not aware, I covered it briefly in a, in a very early episode, but, but bubble jug was basically just like, they're like, basically they're like, hey, this is a really cool jug that this comes in. We know that it's not actually bubble gum because it's literally just a pink powder that if you chew it, it kind of turns gum like um, it's the worst. It's the worst. Yeah. So bubble tape anyways. is actually passable anyway. Yeah. So that's the end of bubble tape. Um, so I want to give a couple quick shout outs to a couple of our patrons. Uh, we always like to hop Woo-hoo. in here. Uh, Tim, Tim. Tim, my man, thank you again so much for listening every week. Um, always appreciate in the group chat when you send us a message, um, send me a message and say some, comment on something on the episode and let me know you're listening. Um, and thank you for being a $5 patron supporter um, who gets to sample all of our delicious extras. Um, do you want to say something to our other um, patron? Who's on the docket this week? My notes Your are dear in friend. a different window. Oh, it's my friend, yes, Miss Clarissa. Yes, explains it oh, all. Oh, Clarissa. Do you understand that these are all 90s names? You've got Tim. You could do Tim the Tool Man Taylor. Yes. And Clarissa, obviously Clarissa. Sure. But Clarissa, um, another delightful $5 patron. We love you so much, Clarissa. She's yes. hilarious. I she love constantly. that lady so much. But thank you for supporting the show and being a good friend of the show and being and awesome. And show. And show. <laughs> I just show. I was gonna we say the word patrons, show one man. more time. Yeah, we love we you guys. Got, you guys I mean, are like, awesome. We we have a we have a decent fan base, but we have like a serious ride or die yeah. crew. The people who like just it. like will like anytime anything is posted or said or anything like that, they're just on it like instantly. So you all are yep. freaking rock stars. So um so all right, well hey, we're gonna go ahead and, and take our um standard issue break, um where Lisa will be the, the dulcet tones of Lisa <laughs> talking about uh, fun advertisements, um, and then you will come Start back. Start your own podcast, man. Shit. Yeah. It's fun. I want to hear then, what you talk about. Yeah, I should probably start recording. I should record something and just see <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so we're going to come back with the polls, and then we are going to be bringing you our fun court case. So we will catch you all back after the break. See ya. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Hey, We're here, dudes. How are me. you? It's your old pal Andy. How are you? And and it's still just me. It's still, still, still just just me. just just me. So um, this these are not my show notes. These are chocolate chip cookie dough recipe notes. Lisa, <laughs> so yeah, Lisa, minimize that unless you guys want to like, know. Well, we're gonna get to the polls. Six cups of brown sugar. <laughs> six cups of brown sugar holy listen shit. you don't know how to make cookies until you make ones with six <laughs> cups of brown sugar and just bake them in a fucking like massive oven that can just cook just slews of cookies and then you go straight to the hospital and you die because you're going into cardiac arrest yeah, cookies. cookies uh welcome back everyone if you listened to episode 37, which you did, and if you didn't, where have you been all of yeah. our lives in this last week? Um, we did Super Mario World versus Sonic the Hedgehog. And can I be honest? Pretty solid matchup. Yeah, we did but peanut, no peanut butter versus peanut butter cookies versus chocolate chip cookies. How oof. Wouldn't that be a tough Damn, one? Damn, that's No. No. Chocolate chip cookies would win. I mean chocolate chip yeah, cookies like 80, will win, 80, but it's like it's one of those things kinda like Sonic versus Mario where you're like, I mean like I love peanut butter cookies, but fuck, chocolate chip cookies is going to win for sure. Yeah. All right. I'll sure. let you get to the real you know, bowls. I, I'm, I'm, also, I'm also a secret oatmeal raisin head, so oh. I would I would throw off everything. I Here's the thing. As a kid, I'm going to say this. This is a hot take on cookies. Not really a hot take. It's just an interesting thing. When I was a kid, I was always like, who the fuck wants raisins in their cookies? Like, that was always my thing was about, like, oatmeal raisin cookies was the fact that the raisin was in there. It didn't occur to me until later in life that, like, holy shit, the reason people love this is because of the fucking oatmeal, not just because of the fucking raisins. Because the oatmeal yeah, is next level oatmeal. shit. 
because they make like monster cookies that are basically like oatmeal cookies with chocolate chips in them, which is basically not chocolate yep. chips, but like M&Ms and shit. And I'm like, that's dope. So anyways. That is dope. Okay. Hot takes. Hot takes on hot cookies. Cookie uh, guys, no surprise. Facebook came out swinging, but in the end, Mario won 61 to 39 on Facebook and then on Twitter. Oof, 75 to 25. So Super Mario World, I'll give you. Yeah. And here's the thing. I think I felt, I said this beforehand, is I felt like the 61 39, like 60 40 split or whatever, that checks out, like even with the numbers of like, like Super Mario World sold 20 million and Sonic sold 15 million. Like that lines up pretty well with that. But then Twitter is just like, I was just selling like all of our like elite gamers are on, uh, are on um, Twitter. So a lot more. Retro gamers, people of that kind that would be more interested in the actual quality of the game and their memory of it and stuff. And so a lot of people, it was just like, listen, I had a Sega, so I liked Sonic. I had a Super Nintendo, so I liked Mario. Like, and But then the elite gamers who had both were like, oh, oi. And I'm sorry. I'm like, let's yeah. alienate my people that I actually love. I seriously love their commentary and jokes and stuff like that. But yeah, but I understand. Yeah. Like they're, they're uh, it, from a objective standpoint at least on like lists and stuff super mario world is higher on the list than sonic in fact i think sonic 2 might even be higher on the list than sonic 1 probably yeah. i feel like i remember thinking sonic 2 was better kind but tails that whatever tails the case was this tails yeah yeah he was cute as hell yep we gotta fly i don't want I don't want to see sexy Sonic and Tails. Sexy, yes. Yeah, Tails is usually art. kind of like a damsel in distress from what I could see from those sexy photos. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that at all. That's enough of that. I Let's know. Move on. Well, anyways, there's somebody that just walked into my room, and I'm just going to be honest with you. Like a lot of the times, it's like it's like something weird or something like that. Polly Shore's here. That's right. He wasn't that hard to get. Like he's he's here. <laughs> he came. He's visiting from the fucking like uh, comedy club or whatever that his mom owns or whatever. I, I heard that was a thing. Somebody mentioned that forever ago that his uh, the comedy store or something like that in Los Angeles is like a really popular place. And I think like his like one of his family members owns it or something like that. So that's also probably wow. wrong and probably incorrect. And somebody might call me on that. So anyways, that being said, something just came across my desk. Buddy. Nice. <laughs> nice. You should be proud of that, that was one. So weird. Um It was. <laughs> so we are bringing you like literally the way that we thought of this was this, and this is not to be detrimental because like here's the thing. When you're a kid, in the nineties, really not even a kid, when you're in the nineties, or really any time before like uh, mid two thousands, really. Like, you you go see a movie because you saw it advertised, and that was the only information you had going into it. Now there's Rotten Tomatoes and all that stuff. And frankly, like, not all the movies we saw were good movies. <laughs> like, just... True. We did In the 90s, yeah. And we have to pay homage to the movies that maybe, like, we saw and were kind of like, like, that was fine. Like, because that's the thing, is bad, quote-unquote, bad movies, like, they didn't change your life or anything like that, but it feels like I watched a lot more bad movies when I was in the 90s. And I didn't hate them. I just was like, oh, it wasn't like the most well-made movie or whatever. It was just like, you know, it was a fine movie. It was okay. And it was entertaining for a little bit. Um, yeah. So I we brought decided to bring you, uh, I literally, this is the bad thing. I said, let's do some bad movies. And Lisa's first thing was Biodome. And my first <laughs> thing that was in my head when I was looking it up was Encino Man. And then she said, what about against Encino Man? And I'm like, I literally was looking up Encino Man. <laughs> for this which worked out because we just picked two poly short <laughs> movies out of a hat um there it is so um so this so this week i am going to be going first and i'm going to be right. bringing you the the glorious film um that technically poly Shore wasn't the star of but he was one of the stars of of in i have no recollection of him being in it it was just brendan <laughs> it's encino man um so I'm going to give you my stream of consciousness thing that I always do on these kind of movies of just like I watched the movie and I just was taking notes as I was doing it. And here it comes. Okay. Here's kind of a sampling. Opening scene. Super high dollar rendition. Jokes. Not really high dollar. Of three people in a cave caveman time, including caveman Brendan Fraser, along with a wife and child. Oh, no, there's a cave in. And then suddenly, boom, smash cut to a scene of Sean Astin in bed screaming very convincingly. As the room shakes and, oh, it's just an earthquake. 
And suddenly, a slushy falls from the sky and falls on Sean Aston in bed, and he's just like, ah, beans. And nobody knows where that slushy came from, but apparently the earthquake must have propelled it into the air and then made it fall on him. Sean Aston suddenly is in the backyard digging an enormous hole in the back of his in the back of his yard. Of course. And you're kind of like, why is this happening immediately? Like he just wakes up from bed from an earthquake and then is outside digging a hole. Apparently he's trying to build a pool. So he he himself is like a 17 year old has just decided like I'm gonna just dig a huge hole and build a pool in my backyard. Yes. Pause. Yes. Guess what, kids? This is why you fucking call before you dig. Julie, where the fuck was Julie? Don't in fucking. This? You got it. You got. You got gas. You got water. Electrical. Fucking call someone before you, seventeen-year-old kid, just start digging in your backyard. You can't dig a pool. Yeah. No. Here's the thing. He says this is like there's like problems with electrical, cable, um, wiring of different kinds. Also cavemen. So, like, there's a lot of threats. Also cavemen. A lot of threats when you're digging four feet into the ground. I'm going to get farther into this. So let's just let's just hold on. Sure, sure, sure. Let's so, and evidently, Polly Shore just, like, lives there. He doesn't actually live there, but he's just there all the time. So, suddenly, like, as he's digging, Sean Astin, who, I'm going to say this, like, I'm going to go through this movie. I hated Sean Astin in this movie so much. He was such a whiny little That's bitch. That's the name of the actor? You know who Sean Astin is? He played Samwise Sam Gamgee and Rudy. And a bunch of other movies he's been in, but I'm just, I have a picture seen... of my head. okay this guy yeah. okay okay, okay. confirmed. So okay, he is, and this is probably one of his earliest films because he was super young in this point. Um, so they're high schoolers, and and Polly Shore is there, like bro, hey bro, he's being Polly Shore basically, and uh, they talk high school ambitions and dreams. AKA Sean Astin wants to do badass high school sh- shit. Polly Shore is like, let's just move on and get some major boobies. Like, basically, that's like his whole thing is like, we just got to get past this high school thing, man, and then we could get the major chicks, you know? So, Polly Shore is oh called gosh. named Stony, which is appropriate because he does sound like <laughs> a stoner. Um, evidently, he has a moped and just drives down campus of his high school while Sean Aston, Dave, um, rides on the back and eats some 90s ass looking Doritos. Lucky for them. <laughs> immediately they're in a science class talking about the ice age an ancient man in ice age not only that but he mentions the premise of based on glacial movement there's said to possibly be some frozen ice age men buried beneath beneath us in different parts of the world so perfectly timed that they gave they're like we need to set this up real quick in a class that coincidentally is going to happen the exact day that sean Aston goes home afterwards starts digging again in the backyard Oh my god, they found an artifact of this like special bowl, and they're like, holy shit, this is going to be worth a bunch. And then there's an earthquake, and oh no, there's a, sol- a frozen solid man buried in the backyard. That, and now, let me say, when I say in the backyard, I mean buried roughly four feet beneath the <laughs> Four feet beneath the earth. It's a fucking ancient man. Frozen solid. Some, some, like, some like medium-level gardening yes. would have excavated him. Literally. Like, oh my gosh. You, like, you could have buried your... You could have buried a dog in your backyard, like just like as a funeral, and been like, "Oh, look, there's a caveman." <laughs> so, <laughs> oops. And not only that, completely like a huge block of ice. So, like in the hot California sun, like just four feet from there, apparently was enough to keep it well preserved. So, interesting. Actually, they freak out because, and actually, a pretty reasonable assumption is that they just thought that they just found a dead body in their backyard. <laughs> so they're like, "Holy shit, there's a dead guy." Um, and of course then the dog all of a sudden starts helping digging it out. Um, so they realize, wait, what a minute, wait a minute, what if this is a caveman? Um, and then they look around and there's like paintings on the like bedrock that's buried two feet below the surface of the backyard. Um, and Sean Aston is like, Stoney, we're both going to be fucking rich and famous and most importantly, popular. Um, cause Sean Aston's number one thing was to be cool in school. Um, they dig him up. Of course. A giant block, an ice block with human inside that was carefully preserved under four feet of dirt. Polly Shore, Stony, basically is super. Um, let me see. I, yeah, this is my. Th- this is a side note I put here about Polly Shore. Polly Shore is really good as like a a once or twice appearing side character, but it's just a bit much when he's like one of the main characters that is there the whole time. It's like you're just like yes. we get it, please. Um. There, of course, are, um, is a big side story of Sean Aston wanting to be cool and date this girl that he openly admits. This is the worst part. He openly admits he would have dated years ago, back when she was interested in him, but she hadn't popped yet. <gasps> no. So apparently, like, not 
bad. So basically, like, he's like, now she's really hot, but she wasn't then. And, like, and you're supposed to consider him this entire time as the good guy. This entire movie, he's supposed to be the good guy who's, like, just, like, can't get a break, you know? He's like, the good guys are like, you need to, like, you know, good guys finish last. You're like, no, like, you're just, <laughs> you just think you're the good guy because you haven't had a chance to prove that you're the bad guy. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, at school, the space heaters that have been hard, hard at work thawing out the caveman. Suddenly, surprise, it's a muddy, nasty Brendan Fraser who breaks out of the ice and is just going all over the fucking place. Oh, no, I stepped on a rake. Oh, hey, it's a dog. I'm going to do what he does. Hey, I got the mail and scaled the postman. Hey, I found a, fought a garbage truck with because I thought it was a mastodon. Oh, no, a television. Oh, hey, music television. I'm a dance. So that was my notes about oh my him gosh. breaking out of the ice. It was just, of course, uh, just a montage of various things that he was doing. Sean Astin comes back. They look out in the garage, and Sh- Sean Astin's just like, well, looks like he melted. Fuck. Because that's how humans work. They just melt. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he's gone. Yeah, no, for sure. I live in Texas. I know it's a real thing. Yeah. And then they start looking around, and they're like, oh, fuck. He's, al- he's clearly alive and doing shit because they can see handprints and shit all over the place. And then they go up to his room, and they're like, hey, Brendan Fraser, stop making a fire in my room. Um, so they go in the room, and Brendan Fraser's freaking out. Luckily, Brendan Fraser loves bouncing on beds, flames from lighters, and saying the word no because it's literally the only word he knows. Um <laughs> They realize they need to train this dude up and make him look like a normal boy, so they bathe the fuck out of him, get him dressed like a normal person, and now he looks like a super rad hot teen. Um, they said, what would we call him, Stony 2? And they're like, no, fuck that, Link, as in missing Link. Um, it is, oh. And then it is conceded to Stony that they can call him Link, he can call him Linkage, because he's like, as long as I can call him Linkage, he's like, you're a human being, you can say whatever you want, I don't care. <laughs> um <laughs> So suddenly, like, just out of, like, after, like, an hour, basically, Link is now super cool with everything um, and just wants to learn and get really gets really frustrated when he forgets stuff. Uh, the parents finally get home at the house, and they're like, hey, what the fuck is happening? And then Link walks in, and Sean Astin is like, oh, don't you remember? This is Linkovich, the foreign exchange student from Estonia. Remember? We talked about this. Um, and he's going to live with us. And Dad's just like, hmm. Okay, maybe I do remember that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Just like instantly convinces them. Let me them. be honest. With as much shit as kids throw at you, you'd be like, "Yeah, I maybe totally forgot that I agreed to let someone come live in our house oh, from another sure. country." Yeah. But like, I'm so tired. We're just ordering Pizza Hut and going to bed. Yeah. So like, whatever. whatever. This is fine. Um, yeah. So now that he's living with them, he's going to high school. Why? Because that's what you do when you find a living caveman. Just don't tell anyone. Take him to school, despite him understanding zero social cues and understanding roughly yes. seven words. Yes. <laughs> just get him in there. Get him educated. Link does um, a fucking springboard backflip off the top. Scare- oh, yeah. He, so they take him to school. He's there, and he sees an attractive girl um, who is, like, the one of the best friends of the girl that Sean Astin likes, um, who's kind of a kind of a, a biatch um, in this movie. I hate using that word. I'm sorry. Um, it's okay. But he does this massive springboard flip off the top of a staircase, looks super dope doing it, and lands on his feet. And then just walks up to this girl. He's, like, super aggressive with women this entire movie, too. Like, like just, like, up in their grill, like, grabbing them and shit. And it's, like, really disturbing. Um, and But apparently she immediately is just, like, I want to bone this dude really hard. <laughs> but then they didn't uh, because they were in the middle of high school. Um, Thank goodness. Yeah. So Polly Shore teaches a friend in Ben and Fraser about the food groups. Um, which was kind of an interesting thing. They're at a, a gas station, and he's like, "He's like, here's your fruits, here's your veggies, here's your meats, and like, it's all of this like, it's like candy, 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 a hot dog, and then <laughs> the only part like that I remember oh. that I laughed out loud at was he's like, this is what we call wheezing the juice, and like the the fucking gas station attendants like, stop, you can't keep fucking doing this shit, Polly. Um, of him just like going on like the, the like like squeezy squishy machine or whatever the fuck and like doing that. And then, like, Brendan Fraser's, like, wheeze to juice and then starts doing <laughs> fucking shotguns it from the attendant while the attendant is, like, crying. Um, they go to a theme park because why not? It's just a montage of Polly Shore and Brendan Fraser having fun. This is, like, That's I will say this. Sweet. This movie was just a series of montages of, like, look at funny things that Brendan Fraser's doing. <laughs> he was a caveman. Um, smash cut to Aunt, Aunt Sean Aston sitting at home by himself, steaming mad. 
He was so worried about his boy. The greatest tragedy of all is that Brendan Fraser can speak more English now, but it's fucking Polly Shore English. No. So he's literally <laughs> starting to talk like Polly Shore. Um, let's see. Family dinner. Um, they're talking to Link and all of them at the table. Link catches and eats a fly and then probably begins eating the dog's food from the dog in, out of his bowl, um, which I will find later on in the trivia. The food that he was eating was, in fact, cookie crisp. And I could tell you that from a mile away that that was definitely cookie crisp. And I looked up the trivia and I was so happy to see that my 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 thoughts were confirmed that it was definitely not dog food. It was definitely cookie crisp in a bowl. I I would pretend to eat dog food if it were cookie crisp. Holy shit. Hell yeah. That sounds amazing. So this jock guy that has been dating the girl that Sean Aston likes, I kind of didn't talk a lot about the side plot. Like that's kind of like one of the main plots is that this, of course, super douchey guy like is dating the girl, et cetera, and like wants to fight people. So he's at there at the skating rink and he's picking on Sean Aston. Um, and so Frazier is like, guh, guh, and steps to the guy. And then uh, basically the guy just punches punches Link in the face and he just stands there and walks off. And uh, luckily this spurred the girl to dump douchebag guy. Yeah. After this happened. I've almost forgot the most important thing. Sean Aston walks in there and the girl that he's really into, he walks up to her. This is the first thing he says. They go to the skating rink and he says, remember, like he's talking to her and he's like, remember, we've been naked together. And pulls out an old childhood photo of them when they're like one-year-olds in a bathtub. Sick game, bro. Sick game. Can you imagine, like, as part of, like, trying to, like, convince a girl to like you, that you just say, like, remember when we were one and we were really getting down and dirty? He's carrying this photo with him to the fucking skating rink. That's so fucked up. Yeah. Anyways. You you never win anyone that way. Oh, my gosh. So they decide that Link needs to get swole and learn how to fight. So he's watching a bunch of movies and stuff, like wrestling movies and kung fu and stuff like that. Uh, montage of Link becoming popular and cool as fuck. Just everyone gets along with him, even the nerds and the cool people. And Sean Aston is like, why am I not cool? Basically because all you think about is how am I going to be cool and don't just be yourself like fucking Link is being, but whatever. Um, in the fact, like, I relate to him. I just I like to think I was less of a dick than Sean Aston was. Um... Link goes to the class with um, to the science museum and is like mind blown at all the stuff that he's seeing from his own time period, and then he starts freaking out seeing all these animals, skeletons of animals that were like real, and he basically like has like a relapse, like almost like he kind of goes back to his old cave self, and you see him in one of the exhibits trying to start a fire and is crying, um, and kind of like almost shoes away Polly Shore when he gets to him, and then they like convince him like, hey, we're family, man, we're in this together, and then they go home, but he's clearly shook. The next thing I started taking notes on, Link is now able to is Link is now going to be taking driver's ed and is literally going to be driving a student car instantly. Terrible. Yep. One of your worst ideas. Smash cut. Stony and Dave see this and run out and jump in the back of the car and save him from driving straight into the school. But basically he turns the car over like at an angle like this, like almost completely sideways on two wheels, and for several minutes is just driving around town like this. The car stays elevated. Like, it's not like, oh, a turn got it that way. It's like, a turn got it that way, and it just stayed that way. And they just kept driving like that for several minutes. So he then, at the end, absolutely crushes it at parallel parking and and just, like, does a spin and then, like, parks. And they're like, well, now that we've parked the car, it's time to go into this bar. For no reason, like, they just, it's the middle of the school day. They were in driver's ed, and they were in class and stuff. They just steal this car. Pull next to a bar and then just go inside and then <laughs> for no reason. And there's like a dance club. It's like two in the afternoon and everyone is dancing. It's super full. Everybody's partying, drinking. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> um, so oh boy. obviously they have Polly Shore go up to the bar, a bunch, a bunch of hardcore thugs. Um, he's talking to the dudes and they convince him to drink tequila. And then they all love him and start chanting, calling him weasel. They're like, weasel, weasel. Um, Link kidna- kidnaps a very attractive woman at the bar. Uh, back to the bar, the hard ass dude kidnaps. is like, yeah, basically just like grabs her, puts her over her shoulder, and like walks away. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And then later they come back to it, and the guy who was like one of the hard ass dudes that was chaining weasels, like, I told you not to fuck. Don't you touch my girl? And they speak Spanish only. And Brendan Fraser, apparently, who is in Spanish class with uh, with Polly Shore, just says 
the old the cheese is old and moldy. Where is the bathroom? And the guy laughs and he's like, "You're right. She sucks. Never mind." <laughs> the cheese is old and moldy. Oh yeah, the police Aww, come. Someone's probably referred to me as that. Aww. The cheese is old and moldy. Um. So then the police come and they bust Dave and Link and they go to jail. Whoops. Sean Aston uses his one call from jail to ask the girl he likes to prom, and she says no. <laughs> She's gonna go with Link. Um, of course. And so, th- randomly, all of a sudden, they're not in jail anymore. And it's a different day, and no one addresses the fact that they were just in jail. It's fine. She's like, we're not in jail anymore. Sorry. This is totally like, cool. Like, the parents aren't upset, nothing. Just so, Sean Aston decides that since she wants to go to prom with Link, that he needs to drive Link out to the middle of nowhere, drop him off, give him a fuck ton of quarters, and send him off on his own. Honestly, Sean Aston is the fucking worst in this movie. LOL. That was my notes. Um... <laughs> Luckily, Stoney shows up and says, hey, uh, I know ex- I knew exactly where you were going to come in the middle of nowhere after you'd been driving for what felt like hours just in time to save this situation. He convinces him Obviously. to bring Link back. So, Sean Aston kind of gives up and is, like, pissed. So, they're, um, I guess in the meantime, Link is going with Miss Hotness to the prom and Sean Aston is being emo and staying home. And Stoney is, too. They sit in the backyard drinking wine. Um, the douche guy breaks into their house looking for Link. Um, and while he gets in there, he breaks in, comes into the window, a picture falls over and inside the picture, oh, it's a cat. Um, this Mm -hmm. picture falls out and there's a bunch of like Polaroids of just Link, like going from ice form to slightly less ice form to caveman form. And he's like, holy shit, he's a fucking caveman. So he runs to prom, busts onto the stage, and uh, Link was about to be pronounced prom king, and he's like, I got a fucking secret, I'm going to blow this shit out of the water. And he tells everybody that he's a caveman, and everybody just cheers, because they're like, fuck yeah. Like, everybody's just like, alright! Um, Sean Aston runs up to the stage, gets punched. Sean Aston gets punched a lot, so then Link is like, fuck yeah, finally time to beat ass, and so he owns the dude with his moves that he learned earlier in the movie. Um... Then, of course, Brendan, Brendan Fraser has the dopest dance scene ever um, to some really weird music, some weird 90s music. Sean Astin, then, they're at a par- after party after prom um, at his house where the pool has now been constructed and no one's sure how. Um, <laughs> he's like, she just said, hey, what you did was pretty cool. And then he kisses her and they kiss. And apparently, despite the fact that at no point in the movie had she ever shown even the remotest interest in him, like, I, I guess the fact that he, like, saved... Link, I mean, like, it, there was no reason. Uh, Sean Aston was just honestly, like, a douche, like a piece of shit this whole movie. Um, and then, surprise, just for more pro- plot revolution, uh, resolution instantly, uh, they find nasty mud prints, footprints leading into the house because evidently Bre- Brennan Fraser's cave wife found her way out of the ground, too. Nobody knows where because the pool was constructed, so I don't know where the fuck she would have come from. Um, and she's super hot. They, they bathe her. They kiss. And that's the end of the movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Did you get all that? Uh, I did. I just don't know why. Okay. Any of it was the way that it was. Yeah. No, there was a lot of there was a lot of purpose to the whole movie. I mean, like, no movies have real purpose, but like, goddamn, it was just like, here's a series of events that just keep happening with no connection to one another at all. Um, yeah. Random synapses firing. Oh. Yes. Here's a few facts. Box office. So the film was okay. considered a box office success. Uh, it took in nine point oh, really? yeah nine point eight six million, and its opening weekend um, was fourth in the box office, um, and had a budget of seven and a half million dollars, and <sighs> went on to earn a total of forty million dollars, uh, almost forty one million dollars um, in North American box office, um, and it was released in the United Kingdom. Um, let's see, a little bit afterwards, and it was titled California Man. <laughs> and you know why it was titled? Oh, okay. You know what? You want to know why it was titled California Man? Why? Because I live in America and I don't even know where the fucking Sino is. That's right. It, in case you were wondering and you assumed that Encino meant something to do with the fact that he was a caveman, no, it was just Encino is the name of the town where this took place, Encino, California. You're joking. And it was just Encino Man. It had nothing to do with the fact that he was. You're indigenous. joking. So they called it California Man because they were like, well, people from the UK aren't going to know where fucking Encino is. I don't even know where Encino is. I assumed for years that this had something to do with the fact Encino. that he was like a caveman. Yeah. So anyways. 
Uh, this was made by Hollywood Pictures, one of Disney's uh, embarrassment projects. Um, they always Disney has multiple companies. Hollywood Pictures doesn't exist anymore, but it's kind of like Touchstone. One of their like, hey, we need to, we want to own this for some reason, but <laughs> but we don't <laughs> want to be associated with it. Um, and it, of course, scored a fifteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, I here's the thing. I will say this: it was better than fifteen percent, but not great. Um, let's see. Last trivia. Polly Shore was considered for the role of Link before they met Brendan Fraser and were like, this dude rules. And they liked Polly Shore so much that they created the role of Stoney just for him. Which is crazy Great. because the role of Stoney became a really big role in this movie. Uh, Jim Carrey mm-hmm. and Nicolas Cage were both considered for the role of Link before Brendan Fraser was cast. Boy, I'm glad it went to Brendan Fraser and not Jim Carrey. Shit. Known as California Man in Europe. Okay, I already did that. So, uh, Brendan Fraser was eating, uh, yep, and then I the, the cookie crisp thing. So, anyways, that's Encino Man. It was fine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Encino Man. It was fine. Holy shit. It was fine, he says. Yeah. Uh, wow, thank you, Andy, for... This is long, sorry, but I just Encino had Encino Man. Encino Man. Holy shit. Well, listen, since we're doing the Poly Shore, man, I, I can't do any Poly Shore. I, I thought I could. But uh, Biodome. Biodome was released in January of 96. First of all, oh. January stood out to me because January is such a trash month yeah. to release a film. Like we're really hoping like, to get high on the charts. Yeah, they're like, no, they knew. They're like, this is a trash can. It's going in the trash can month. Um, it stars Polly Shore, as we know, and his sidekick, Stephen Baldwin. Um, one of the 100 Baldwin brothers. Yes, 100 of them. It also has Kylie Minogue. I didn't remember her Who at all. Who is that? Kylie Minogue, she's a singer from the 80s and 90s, oh, okay. and and also 2000s, and I think still currently. She's a singer. She's a singer. <laughs> from everywhere, she's, every since, time. Since she was born, she was just singing. Um, now, this is where shit gets gnarly. It has a meta score of one, and a Rotten Tomatoes score of fucking four. <sighs> That's how bad Biodome is. <laughs> we're, we're, doing, we're doing bad versus bad. Um, four! I pulled, I pulled some quotes from some of the critics, and they were as follows quote inept in almost every respect (laughs) quote none of this makes any sense and the humor is poorly executed sure mostly this is an annoying film (laughs) and my last and favorite quote about this movie it's good for one reason it killed Polly shore's career oh no (laughs) oof it's really bad. Uh, the plot is that a doctor and some scientists are going to be living off of the resources they've created inside of a special di- biodome for a year starting on Earth Day. And so they've got – they're basically just trying to make sure that they can have a, like, this perfectly great ecosystem and they can survive off of it and keep everything in balance for mm-hmm. an entire year starting on Earth Day. And then you meet Bud, played by Polly Shore, and Doyle, played by Stephen Of Baldwin. course his name is Bud. Bud and Doyle, Bud and Stone, Stony. Oh my gosh! Mm. And I guess in my head, I never really considered Polly Shore to be like a stoner. He just seemed like a goofy airhead, but he's probably a huge stoner. Mm-hmm. Now that I think about it, so Bud and Doyle, uh, and they're trying to get out of going to pick up trash with their girlfriends, Monique, <laughs> who's played by Joey, Joey Lauren Adams, and Jen Teresa Hill. You'd recognize Monique's character, Joey Lauren Adams. You'd recognize her, but um. They don't want to go pick up trash with them on Earth Day. So they are trying to get out of it. And so they're in their house together and they do paper, rock, scissors, which is a running theme in this this thing where uh, Doyle's character always chooses rock and Polly Shore's character always do, does paper. like <laughs> paper and wins. And so what he does is he takes a book and he sl- runs and slams it into Stephen Baldwin's face and it like makes him concussed. And then the girls come over and they're like, uh, we can't go out. He's He took a big fall. He's super hurt. And so they get out of this, but the girls are like, fuck you, we're breaking up with you. I can tell that you lied. He didn't fall. You smashed him in the face with this book. So they go um, to the landfill and start cleaning up anyway. So they call them from the landfill and tell them that they're going out with some swimmers from a local college. <laughs> and Bud and Doyle go in search of their ladies to Vasquez Lake. And that's when they accidentally discover the biodome. And they discover it because Doyle decides that he needs to pee. And he's got to leak the lizard or whatever Whoa, he says. what's and this, mistake, man? Yeah, they mistake the biodome for a futuristic mall. And, and like, they're in the middle of doing the opening ceremony because it's Earth Day. And, you know, they're about to, like, lock all the scientists and doctors in there. And during the ceremony, 
um, they uh, light off fireworks to get past security so that Doyle can go pee inside the biodome. <laughs> and so the whole movie is just Polly Shore laughing at his own like PG-13 jokes and giggling nonstop. And honestly, if I were being totally honest, I enjoyed watching Polly Shore just be a piece of shit actor <laughs> the whole time. Like, it was really enjoyable to watch him be like, Ooh. and I, I could tell he was having a good time. I don't know if he and Stephen Baldwin we're having a good time, or if Stephen Baldwin's just like a decent enough actor that he was playing along, but Polly Shore was having a blast, and I enjoyed that. So see. I just like that they were having fun. I did. Was the movie good? Not at all. So uh, let's see. Um, at some point in this, Kylie Minogue like pretends to give a carrot a blowjob, and I don't like that. Mm. Of course, the scientists that they're locked in there with are. Uh, three was it three women and two men and there's like a main doctor his name is dr faulkner and the rest are scientists mm -hmm. and kylie minogue is one of the the two of the three women are like super hot and so of course Polly shore and baldwin are like all over them this whole time so there's a scene where bud farts so bud being Polly shore bud farts inside of a tent and doyle huffs it as hard as he can and tries to guess what he ate and it's just like, that's just so you know, that's the kind of quality of film that we're dealing with here today. Um, and they're in the biodome just causing chaos and like bungee jumping off the rafters and completely destroying the ecosystem. And they end up like setting up a large sticky trap, like like a huge sheet of, of, of just a huge sheet and gluing stuff to it to collect all the insects because they were they thought they were a nuisance or they accidentally let them go or something like that. And so I have to be honest, I was halfway paying attention the whole movie because it was pretty <laughs> bad. But they end up catching all these insects that they shouldn't have and they ended up getting locked into a closet by the scientists. And so they break out by sneaking through the air vents and they come into this closet that has like biohazard containers that are full of junk food and they are starving because they're eating like tofu and soy and you know whatever they're like living off of in the ecosystem. So they get fucking balls to the wall like full up on junk food hammered and they start on huffing candy. like hammered on candy and they start um doing like whippets of laughing gas because they found like nitrous oxide or why would they start, have that i don't know why you would have laughing gas but they have laughing gas in here like and they frankly why would they have candy like what is all this stuff in here for like they're like it's we just keep it hidden a, for some reason yeah on bad days, we need to get wicked high on laughing gas and eat cheeses. Sure. It's like, honestly, that sounds like an amazing Sunday. <laughs> but if you're probably sure, that's like a regular Monday afternoon. So they get thrown into, there's like a desert aspect of the biodome. And the scientists ca catch them and they throw them into the desert. And then they, um, they find that a key in a window in the desert actually opens. And so they break out of the biodome because they've been trying to get out. They didn't want to be in there, but they got locked in there because they sealed the door on mm -hmm. Earth Day. And so at this point, they get out and the car that they were parking or the car they showed up in was like littered with tickets and had a boot on it. And they're like, you know what? We're going to go find our girlfriends. We're going to figure out how to get them back. And they find out that they're hanging out with some other environmental dudes oh, who were no. totally just faking it out. They just wanted to get with them. And they go to some party and they decide to... Uh, so the so Bud and Doyle are like, you know what, we're gonna go back into the biodome and throw the best environmental party ever. Okay. What? I don't know. They go Wait, they're like so they, they, they want to be so They finally escape, but they're like if their girlfriends are so environmental friendly and like so boned up about the environment, we're gonna go throw a, the biggest environmental party in the biodome. So they um they so we find that the girls are with these guys at like some college outside. And can I just make a quick note that at the party that they're at, do you know who's playing music? Jack Black. And what? His friend, I don't know his name, but it's Tenacious D. Yeah. Kyle. Tenacious whatever. D. Yeah. Kyle. Kyle. No. Yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're Tenacious D makes a, a cameo in this, or I guess like their original cameo or Holy something shit. like that. So, yeah. That's way back. Yeah. Yeah, what did I say, 96 or? Yeah, 96. 96, yeah. Yeah. So they have this insane blowout party at the Biodome and everything gets trashed and the scientists get pissed and try to leave. 
but Bud and Doyle convince them to stay as as they are like, you know what, we're going to restore the Biodome. This is a horrible movie. All the while, the main doctor that was kind of running this show from the beginning, uh, Dr. Faulkner, he has disappeared the night of the party and apparently is now living under the Biodome and is evil now. Okay. <laughs> and he plans to blow up the Plot dome twist. with homemade... Plot twist. He plans to blow up the dome with homemade coconut bombs. Um, because, obviously... The fuck is do. happening? What? I don't know, Andy. I don't know, Andy. Fast forward <laughs> to the day before Earth Day. Earth Day is the day that the Biodome project would have been completed. A full year would have passed mm-hmm. and Bud and Doyle um, and everyone would be able to leave. But they stumble upon, this is the day before Earth Day, they stumble upon Dr. Faulkner and try to apologize to him for completely fucking up Biodome. And then he tells them, oh, he's rigging pyrotechnics for the door opening ceremony and gets them to help plant the coconuts, uh, which are just fun What's pieces of decoration, of of right? Yeah, but they don't know that they're bombs. But of course, they fuck around with them and start throwing them and they throw one like a football to each other and miss it. And then it explodes in the desert part of the biodome. And they're like, oh, no, not cool. Those aren't and pyrotechnics at all. I know. Uh, a big whatever ensues and everybody is about to exit the biodome when Faulkner shows up and throws a bomb which detonates at the entrance but everybody is fine and that's the end of biodome like I listened to all of that and I still have no idea what the fuck just happened the biodome baby the only thing I'm thinking is that it sounded like I'm sorry I'll let any of more to say probably no no there's literally nothing else the the fact that this movie like largely was predicated on Polly Shore and what Stephen Baldwin who was it? Yes. Okay. Uh, this is Steven. Yeah. So those two were literally just trying to figure, like, how can we manipulate our girlfriends into thinking that we're cool? Like, it's just literally, yeah. like, how can we manipulate people into thinking we give a shit about the environment? Like, that's the entire movie is them pretending to care about something to basically get laid. Get laid. Get laid. Yep. Cool premise. Uh, that's, the, whole, the whole movie is lying environment farting farting Far- there's so much farting okay. in the movie farting and like just nonsense and paulie short giggling and that was the <laughs> highlight of the movie was him just giggling because you could just see him just being like i'm just having a good time the rest of these people are Not. are my uh my hostages so yeah. um and apparently so like Kylie Minogue said that this was her single worst career move of all time. Wow. Um, and Stephen Baldwin apparently had like Alec Baldwin talk to him and be like, this is going to ruin your acting career if you take this. But he did it anyways. But oops, I did it anyway. <laughs> oops, all Biodome. Biodome. So listen, these are two absolute turds of the 90s. And I would love to know which one you think will float to the top. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm listening to yours, and I'm suddenly just like, you know what, Encino Man was pretty good. <laughs> Encino Man what? actually had, like, some kind of plot. Bio- I mean, Bio- Biodome had a plot, but it was just it was just terrible. It was just awful. I mean, it's kind of and- like it just drags the talent of people into the dirt, because, like, like I said, Sean Astin and, like, Brendan Fraser, like, and I, I think I realized later... I, I wanted to say Brendan Fraser is a really good actor, but I looked at I was looking at his movies and I'm like none of these movies were really that good. Like they were like action packed ones, like but they weren't really like that interesting. Like Bedazzled, like just a bunch <laughs> of fucking different like just movies where he's like, hey, I'm tall and strong and handsome. And Brendan Fraser. I'm Brendan Fraser. And now he is he's none of those things. I just every time I think of Brendan Fraser, I think of Fraser, which like is Fraser is so much better than Brendan Fraser. <laughs> What can we do, Frasier, at some point? Because I'm, oh, I need absolutely. to cover that show. What can we put against it? Because we'll Fra- is mine. We'll figure it out. It. We'll figure it out. Um, so yeah, I'll tell man. you what. Why don't I go ahead? I'll take y'all out with the uh, the where to find us, so you can have a little bit Good of a deal. break. Thank um, you. So, anyways, if you're sitting here listening to this and thinking like, how do I find you guys? Where do I find you? This is my first episode ever, and I've never listened to the end part. Well, good lo- news. You're listening to the end part now. Check us out on <laughs> Facebook and Twitter at Nineties Court. Check us out on Instagram at 90s.court. Check us out on Patreon. That's right, Patreon, where you can subscribe and catch a lot of awesome bonus content. Um, we've made several bonus episodes already, and we'll be having more to come um, on patreon.com slash 90scourt. And as always, the number one thing, please hop on to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, wherever you podcast, if they have the ability to, to rate and review. 
Apple Podcasts, you can hop in there, leave us a nice five-star rating and review, and we'll be reading more of those reviews in the future. We do love reading those on the air, and we'll certainly be reading more in the future. So, um, again, we just want to thank you guys all for sticking sticking with us for so long. Um, we love you mm-hmm. all. And, Lisa, do you have any parting remarks before we depart? Uh, in the words of Reed Timmer, the ultimate storm chaser himself, never stop chasing. Yeah, buddy. All right. <laughs> buddy. We'll catch you all next week. Stay rad. Sounds good. Have a good weekend, everyone. Bye. Bye.